everyone, it's Cheryl and Tony. Buckle up for this Monday morning edition of the Disney Drive Time Podcast. A reminder for all of our listener: this is a uh, <laughs> this is our only show this week because we're going to be in Walt Disney World Tuesday through Friday. So we won't be recording while we're there, but we'll be bringing back uh, all the news we can next Monday. So just one show this week. Don't get worried. Everything's good if you don't see a show on Wednesday or Friday. And if you've got really good ears, you might have noticed that our pellet stove is back on (laughs) in the background. We went a couple of weeks without it, but it's just been too wet and rainy here. And it's it's kind of like a, a bitter yeah, it's a not comfortable. Cold, it's no. been around 60 degrees in the house, and that is not toasty enough for me. So we're looking forward to the warmth of Florida. Yes, we are. And uh, speaking of warmth, what warm news does the Disney Parks blog have for us? I don't know if this is related to the fact that it's Flower and Garden Festival at Epcot, which is something I'm really looking forward to next week. Yes. Um, but this story is about a YouTube video um, that's – who's it by? Who Dr. Zach from the from the Animal Kingdom. Okay. Um, and he is sharing how Disney cast members um, protect wildlife in Florida and around the world. That's right. Dr. Zach leads the terrestrial conservation programs for plants and their pollination. So, yes, it is related to the uh, Flower and Garden Festival because he works on the pollination garden at Epcot. Um, but it's also the end of Earth Month. So this does have, you know, that comes into play as far as conservation goes. Uh, but Dr. Zach is a uh, is an employee of the Animal Kingdom Park. And there's a nice little video that shows about his research as an ecologist and a biologist and uh, what conservation efforts Disney makes to uh, not only Florida, but around the world. And it's part of their commitment to con- conservation that makes him a happy Disney employee. And uh, it's just a nice little video if you're into those type of efforts. All right. A stunning new Disney 100 uh, piece of artwork features Mickey and Minnie. That's right. Artists from the Walt Disney Animation Studios ink and paint department use traditional techniques uh, that have spanned the entire hundred years of the animation studio's history to produce a -a one-of-a-kind piece of art. Uh, These are animation cells that are hand-inked and hand-painted using Disney-approved acrylic colors based on an original drawing by legendary animator Eric Goldberg. Uh, And this is a limited piece of artwork that was created at the end of 2022, and there's only 100 pieces. Wow. So they're available at Disneyana at the Disneyland Resort, and they'll be coming soon to the Walt Disney World Resort Galleries. Um, uh, I'm sure this is going to be pricey. I would think, yeah, only a hundred. Wow. Yes, but uh, if you're a Disney collector, uh, something cool to have. Over at Disneyland, three windows on Main Street USA have been dedicated to Make a Wish. That's right. If you're a real Disney fan, you know that a lot of the windows that line Main Street USA and a lot of the buildings uh, are related to people in Disney's history, um, longtime. Disney employees, Disney legends, maybe some actors and actresses. Uh, But Disney has now dedicated three windows on Main Street, uh, celebrating their 40 years of working together to make wishes come true true for children with, uh, you know, serious illnesses. They've made nearly 150,000 wishes come true in all parts of the company, including the parks, resorts, and cruise ships. Uh, And Disneyland Resort was part of the first official Make-A-Wish granted. Uh, And that was well over 40 years ago. So Disney, uh, the chairman of Parks, Experiences, and Products, Josh DeMauro, who is also on the board of Make-A-Wish America, uh, took part in dedicating the uh, three windows on World Wish Day. So uh, that's pretty exciting. 
Yeah, a very uh, wonderful organization. Wondrous Journeys is still not active in the Rivers of America section of Disneyland following the Phantasmic Fire. That's right. The Wondrous Journeys Nighttime Spectacular at Disneyland Park, as you may know, takes part uh, takes place with projection mapping and stuff other than fireworks. Uh, and while the main part of the show is Sleeping Beauty Castle and Main Street USA, there are also unique projections and effects all throughout the park. Uh, and in Fantasyland... I'm sorry, in Frontierland, uh, there are water fountains and water projections on the riverfront in front of Tom Sawyer Island. However, that has remained dark uh, since the fire uh, due to fan from Fantasmic. Bummer. So, yeah, that's uh, a little bit of a bummer. If you're a Star Wars action figure collector, you'll be happy to know that Doc Ondar's Star Wars Black Series action figure is coming to Shop Disney for May the 4th. That's right, May the 4th, uh, also known as Star Wars Day. There's going to be a special figure holding a Jedi holocron in one hand and a Sith holocron in another. Uh, and he's uh, part of the Disney 100 celebration, centennial celebration. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, Action figure collectors, get ready. You know who's not an action figure collector? You. Yes. Yes. I have a lot of action figures, however. In, in your house. In my house, yes. I have a lot of, I own a lot of action figures. You just have them in your house. Don't we share all the things because we're I, married? I guess we do. <laughs> there is a new Pinocchio 40th anniversary limited edition pin at Disneyland. That's right. Pinocchio's Daring Journey is celebrating its 40th anniversary. So there is a new limited edition pin uh, that is available for $19.99. And the pin features the uh, attraction's opening scene, which shows Pinocchio dancing on the stage with two other puppets while they sing, I Got No Strings. Uh, Cheryl likes it. It's very cute. It, it kind of has like almost a small world look to it. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. yeah. I'm not a pin collector, uh, but I always get sucked into the, the pin displays. Mm -hmm. I want to buy them, but then I think I don't collect well, I pins. Do what am I going to do with them? Right. You would be better off collecting action figures. <laughs> and Maybe not, no. The Fantasmic Stage is walled off as Tom Sawyer Island reopens following the catastrophic dragon fire. That's right. Tom Sawyer Island has reopened. Uh, they use part of Tom Sawyer Island as the Fantasmic Stage. And during the day, normally when the island is open, guests are allowed to walk up onto the stage area. However, now that the island has reopened after a week, the stage itself is closed off. Uh, they do have some sections of the island where there's normally a uh, rock face uh, during the Fantasmic performance, it uh, opens up for, to become a speaker. Uh, that section hasn't closed. So there's a little, uh, you know, behind-the-scenes stuff that seems like it's still open and they're working on it. Okay. During Jimmy Kimmel Live, the host and Guardians of the Galaxy star Chris Pratt teamed up to prank guests getting off Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout in California Adventure. That's right. Uh, Chris Pratt was on the other day as part of the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 press tour, uh, and they had a little thing. They said it was a $400 million piece of uh, AI technology, uh, and it was an AI version of Chris Pratt that was talking to guests as they were getting off and interacting with them. Little did they know it was actually Chris Pratt, like, you know, 20 feet away from them uh, looking into a video camera. <laughs> so pretty, pr fit, pretty funny pranks. Uh, as usually Jimmy Kimmel does. So uh, you can catch that on the YouTubes or on Jimmy Kimmel's channel, I guess. All right. Mochi and San Francisco Institute of Technology signs have been added to the Pacific Wharf area of California Adventure. That's right. California uh, Adventure is undergoing a retheming of what used to be known as the Pacific Wharf section. It is now turning into San Francisco Square, as we've mentioned many times before. Uh, and there is a new... Uh, 
uh, cat, Mochi, uh, who is Hero's cat, and they have a new version of the cat uh, on one of the walls. Oh, I thought they were really going to be, like, selling Mochi. Oh, they might be. Um, but uh, they've added that. They've also added a bunch of Japanese characters to the wall, as well as some San Francisco ads. And, and uh, you know, this project officially began in January. Uh, and the big part of it is a lot of the retheming. They're going to be opening up the uh, San Francisco Square Canning Company, where the Pacific Wharf Canning Company used to be. And they're going to have a cerveceria, uh, which is a beer garden. Uh, and it's going to be a trilingual or tricultural beer garden uh, with signage in English, Japanese, and Spanish because it's San Francisco where all cultures meld together. Okay. So very exciting. They cleared the courtyard of the Hyperion Theater as they get ready for Rogers the Musical to open. That's right. The Hyperion Theater courtyard has had a variety of uses since the COVID-19 pandemic. They've used it for overflow seating for the Pim Test Kitchen uh, when the Avengers Campus first opened. They used it for giveaways and photo ops for Anaheim Duck Day. Uh, And uh, now they've cleared it, except for a few benches. Uh, It's mostly open concrete space. And they have set up three signs in place to help guests waiting uh, to get into Rogers the Musical. The three lines go to the mezzanine, balcony, and orchestra section. Uh, this theater seats just short of 2,000 guests, so uh, they'll get a limited time engagement of Rogers the Musical. I'm very much looking forward to that, and I'd love to be able to get out there and see it. How long do you think it's going to be there? Uh, I believe it is uh, just a summertime thing. Uh, Rogers the Musical is a one-act version of Rogers the Musical, uh, and it's based on the performance that was seen in the Disney Plus series Hawkeye. I wonder, though, if it's successful, which I think it will be. If they do you think extend they'll leave it, it there? Yeah. maybe for a while. They've got to do something with the space. Right. That's all the news from California. So let's head on over to Florida. All right. They have added some new lightning lane signs at the Peter Pan's flight lines at the Magic Kingdom. Yeah. So normally, what happens? Peter Pan's uh, Peter Pan's flight. You wouldn't think it, but it's actually the most heavily uh, utilized Genie Plus lightning lane attraction in the parks. I believe it because the lines are really long there otherwise. And it was that way with Fast Passes as Mm -hmm. well and Fast Pass Plus. And what happens is that the return line for Genie Plus gets so long uh, that usually there's a cast member out there with a uh, a portable sign that says, you know, lightning lane starts here. Right. Well, now they've just added some lightning lane signage uh, outside of the actual queue. Right. uh, Because that queue does get backed up and very long. So, uh, yeah, that's that's the deal. It, uh, it's a new sign that features a gold post and a very regal design that fits into the Fantasyland motif. I know, but you know what? Cast members probably loved having that job of just having to stand there with a sign. So right. easy if it's a nice day. Of course, if it's like 1,000 degrees, it's not as fun. Right. Well, you know, as, as often as they add stuff, they also remove stuff. They're still working on this. They are yes. still taking down the 50th anniversary decorations from the castle I feel like they should be done by now. You know what this is? What? This is a new version of the twinkling Christmas lights. Yeah. That takes them like four months to put up. It's up for two months and then it takes four months to take off. Yeah. This is torture. Yeah. So uh, the 50th anniversary, they've uh, removed another piece of blue and gold bunting uh, from a tower on the west side of the castle. Like just get up there and take this stuff down. Why is this such an issue? Right. And, you know, it it totally ruins the, the image. Um, the moat is drained because they have a bunch of these scissor lifts down there so they can get up and take the bunting off. I think maybe if you got like 15 more scissor lifts and like 800 more people, they could do this in a night. Yeah, just like load it up or at least, you know, a few nights and be done with it. Right. 
Mountainside repainting is underway for the transformation of Splash Mountain to Tiana's Bayou Adventure. Uh, they are also working on dismantling the queue. Yeah, so, you know, painting rock work, I get it. I guess they have to change the colors a little bit because it's going to be Louisiana dirt. <laughs> yep. You know, instead of uh, Splash Mountain dirt now. Uh, and tearing up the queue, I, I don't know how much good that's going to do because the attraction's still going to need a queue. Yeah. So I don't know what they're tearing up. Maybe it's just up. like the guy, the guides around it because they tend to be more, um, gosh, Splash Mountain-y, but like what's the style that you'd say those are? I feel like it's not the same like French Quarter type. Right. Like lines. It's the the fencing is going to be different, I would think. It, it's kind of like very backwoodsy. Yeah, sort of like the difference between uh, – Port Orleans French Quarter and mm-hmm. Port Orleans Riverside. Mm-hmm. It used to be more Riverside and they need to make it more French Quarter. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Hey, I know you're not an action figure collector. Right. And you know what else I know you're not? What? An Anglophile. I don't know what that is. So an Anglophile is someone who loves the British ah. uh, and, and is really into the monarchy. Uh-huh. And I know you're not into either of those. No. Like, we all love Princess Di. I like a British accent and, and I nice like tea. And some good tea. That's right. about it. And fish and chips. I do like fish and chips. You do like a good fish and chips from the fish and chips in Epcot. Yes. But, uh, you know, if you're a true Anglophile, you want to head over to Epcot because they have the official King Charles coronation mugs available. Uh, They're available at both the Queen Table and the Tea Caddy in the United Kingdom Pavilion at the World Showcase in Epcot. And do you know what your King Charles coronation mug will set you back? Way more than I'm willing to pay. Yeah, $44.99. I don't know what that translates to in terms of pence or quid <laughs> um, or pounds. But it's too many dollars. Yes, but these are available now in anticipation of King Charles coronation next week. Um, so uh, that's the deal. He's been king since September of 2022, but his coronation will take place on May 6th in Westminster Abbey. I mean, I've never seen a coronation, so that's going to be interesting. It will be. Although you've never seen a coronation, I want you to know that you are my queen. Oh, uh, yeah. I should have a coronation then. Oh, we should. We'll yeah. work on that. All right. Uh, they are still working on the Morocco Pavilion, but they have taken down some of the scrim. That's right. Uh, so we can now see some of the progress. Last week, uh, a lot of the roof on the Morocco Pavilion, there was a bunch of uh, missing stucco work. Um, but now that scrim is off. It looks like a lot of the stucco and concrete work has been replaced. However, um, it, it doesn't it like, looks match terrible. yet. Yeah, you know they need to get up there and do some some additional painting. Yeah, because uh, it looks very amateurish. They're doing some work at Communicore Hall and Communicore Plaza. Tony, what are they doing? Well, they've added now some yellow sheathing to Communicore Hall. Uh, last week, what did they add? I don't know. Uh, it was the the vinyl like out outer layer. I was probably checking my phone when you were You probably about were. It. Uh, and in Communicore Plaza, they are now paving and laying down some concrete. Uh, so, uh, you know, we're, we're getting there. Later this year, we expect uh, Communicore Hall and Communicore Plaza to be done. And then they'll bring in the new statue of Walt and everything will be finished and Epcot will be finally buttoned up and done. That'll be amazing. Yeah, because it seems like they've been working on this. Well, I mean, they announced. Yeah, I mean, they announced the changes that they were going to make well before COVID. Right. And then. And then COVID. Yeah. And that was like, those three years were the longest eight years in Disney history. (laughs) Yeah, right. So we're getting somewhere, thank goodness. You know what else we're getting? What? A bunch of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 merchandises in Epcot, because, of course, we have Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind in Epcot. So, what a better place to sell merch than in Epcot? 
All right. When are we going to see that movie? Uh, we are going to see it next weekend because uh, normally I'd be there Thursday night. The right. family would go Friday or Saturday, um, but we'll be in Disney. Right. Even though they're doing a big debut on um, the the 4th mm. uh, at midnight, I'd love to go see that, but I can't stay up that late anymore. Where are they doing it? Oh, in at, the movie theater. At AMC. And then there's uh. a party over. Actually, I think they're doing it at 6 p.m. And then there's their party in Epcot. I thought that was for DVC members. Oh, yeah. Maybe it was. I know. That sounded fun. Yeah. Remember I said I would totally do that. Yeah. You're right. The World Discovery Epcot popcorn stand is getting a makeover. That's right. It's getting a World Discovery makeover. Uh, it is right now surrounded by construction walls and... Scrim? No. Rolling planters. Uh. Um, and uh, the walls have been up for about two months now, so it is the longest makeover ever. Uh, but they have already updated the color scheme to the new gray and red color, which is the color scheme of World Discovery. Uh, so uh, that's good. I can't wait uh, to have it done because I like to get my popcorn popcorn there. Yeah, nobody wants to look at construction walls. No, I, I want my popcorn. Absolutely. The hours at Hollywood Studios and Animal Kingdom have been extended in May. That's right. Hollywood Studios is going to open at 8.30 a.m. daily from May 14th through May 20th. However, it's going to stay open an extra hour later until 10 p.m., over at Animal Kingdom, they're going to open an extra hour early on May 14th, which is Mother's Day, and on Saturday, May 20th at 8 a.m. So that, of course, means that if you're a Walt Disney World Resort guest, you're going to get in a half hour prior to those opening times. Uh, the park, however, will still close at 7 p.m. on those nights. All right. The first Corksicle retail location is opening in Disney Springs. That's right. It's, and actually, it's the first ever Corksicle retail location. No. Oh. I guess they've only done their stuff by mail order. Um, and they have opened up uh, uh, this new retail location. But it's not a permanent building. It's one of the, I'd say, larger kiosks. Yeah, it's but it's almost like kiosk. a permanent kiosk, it sort is. of. I mean, it's, you know, it's... Uh, it's got all. It's got four walls. It's got doors. Right. It's got a real roof. It just doesn't have a back office or a bathroom for employees or anything. It's yeah. just yeah. Yeah. But if uh, you want to get your corksicle, they have all sorts of containers. Uh, corksicle and Disney have teamed up over the past few years to create numerous Disney-themed bottles and tumblers. Uh, corksicle has also helped uh, present some of the uh, Run Disney series. And I think they even sponsored one or two of the festivals Yeah, over, yeah. over the past couple of years. Uh, so you can actually find this new merchandise stand outside of Paddlefish in the landing section of Disney Springs. I will definitely be checking it out. In resort news, the newest structure has gone up as they continue to work on the Vacation Club Tower at the Polynesian. Yeah, I can't believe how quickly this has gone up. Um, but they have a concrete mixer uh, and... Uh, yeah, they're they're pouring, they're pumping out concrete like crazy here. Uh, it, it actually looks like a building now. It's it's not just a couple of floors. They're up about eight floors, and they've expanded uh, their footprint greatly. Uh, and they're even starting to lay down the flooring of a new foundation. Um, so it, it's coming along. The thing about this is, we might actually have a chance to stay at the Polynesian once this opens. Why do you say that? Uh, because we can get okay pricing on on DVC. You know, mm -hmm. if if you. Uh, if you have friends, you right. know, who have DVC, which we do, sometimes uh, we're able to stay at a DVC property. And it's kind of the only way we've been able to stay at a couple to of the stay at a couple of the deluxes. Yeah, we've done a lot of the contemporary over it. I mean, we stayed at the contemporary anyway, but we stayed over at Bay Lake Tower another mm -hmm. time. And we've stayed at Saratoga Springs and Old Key West. Right. So I feel like we might have a shot. Because right. the Polynesian previously didn't have any DVC except for like the bungalows right. on the water, which 
Who can afford those? Not me. No. In cruise line news, guests aboard the Disney Wish got stuck in Nassau due to some technical issues and weather conditions. That's right. On Saturday, April 29th, uh, d- guests on Disney Wish uh, ended up stuck there. There were some technical issues on the ship, followed by unfavorable weather conditions. So instead of leaving around, what, 5 or 6 p.m. like they normally do, right. they stayed docked overnight. They didn't depart until 10 a.m. the next morning. Uh, and then the inclement weather prevented them from going to Castaway Key. So they did not get to visit uh, Castaway Key on April uh, 30th. Um, Guests were treated to a $100 credit per stateroom, and they were also given a discount on a future three, four, or seven-night cruise with the Disney Cruise Line. All right. Yeah, 20%. So nothing to sneeze at. Exactly. And in Universal News, a mock Jurassic Park training video featuring Mr. DNA was filmed at Universal Orlando. That's right. This is according to the Jurassic World Instagram account. Uh, They shared this fake training video that was set in the 1990s for the first generation of in-gen scientists. Uh, As Cheryl mentioned, it did include their little uh, mascot, Mr. DNA, and it showed team members working at the Jurassic Park Discovery Center. Uh, In the video, Mr. DNA describes the importance of the lab. And uh, we don't know what it's going to be used for. Um, We'll find out. But it may have something to do with our next story uh, that uh, the Jurassic World Explorer's name has been trademarked. uh, And this may lead to potentially new theme park uh, experiences with the new Epic Adventure Park or possibly with Islands of Adventure. Um, Could it be something like a Wilderness Explorer Mm, uh, thing that Disney... Disney World has over in Animal Kingdom. They love to steal stuff back and forth from each other. Yeah, we we don't know, but uh, uh, this new name uh, has been filed with the uh, United States Patent and Trademark Office. It has been accepted, but not yet uh, uh, assigned to an examiner. So uh, hopefully they get the approval for that. Okay. Now, this is something that Disney has never done. And should. Again, stealing ideas from each other, I feel like Disney will be stealing this idea. Yes. And this is a farewell t-shirt for an attraction that is uh, going out, it's closing, uh, and that's Poseidon's Fury. That's right. Poseidon's Fury is an attraction in Universal's Islands of Adventure, and they have created the Poseidon's Fury farewell t-shirt for $27. Uh, It is a vintage design uh, poster of the uh, tour, of the the attraction, uh, and it says that it is departing for one final tour uh, on May 9th, and that is the day that the ride is closing. Uh, so this is a great idea. Uh, you know, I'm surprised that Disney hasn't done it yet. I mean, I, I know they they eliminated Splash Mountain for a reason. Right. And so maybe they couldn't have made those T-shirts. But if they had, they would have sold so many. Yeah. All you had to do was put a little packet of water with the T-shirt. <laughs> you know, these T-shirts been have been soaked. soaked. Exactly. <laughs> Construction walls are down in Marvel Superhero Island at Universal Orlando. That's right. The other day we mentioned that the little plaza area that has been themed as the meteor crash uh, was walled off with construction walls. And as Cheryl mentioned, that is now opened. And that is over by the fruit stand in Marvel Superhero Island. Uh, and we don't know what they did because it, uh, well, it looks like they just gave it some fresh paint to yeah. spruce it up a bit. It does look bright and shiny. And now we'll take a minute to talk about one of the little-known parks in the Orlando area. And what is that? It's Gatorland. It is, but I have to say, there's quite a few stories on Gatorland, especially on this show. Yeah, there are. Well, we highlight them. We like them. Uh, Gatorland is getting ready to hold their fourth-ever Gatorpalooza uh, this May. It is a two-day event. 
uh, and they're going to be bringing back the Florida Man Challenge. Uh, this is a uh, crazy kind of what they call Florida-style entertainment. They're going to have live music, food, craft vendors, artisan games giveaway, and appearances by the Gatorland Vlog Team. Uh, Gator Palooza will be included with regular Gatorland admission from May 20th and May 21st. Uh, the Florida Man Challenge includes competitors climbing onto large inflatable Zorb balls and racing through a genuine, genuine swamp. Ooh. So that is good. Uh, it probably also involves getting arrested somehow and uh, public intoxication because that's usually what <laughs> Florida man uh, is involved with. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, they've also added the Croc Rock Adventure, which is a rock wall bridge and zip line as an add-on activity. And we mentioned last week that they've added two young Florida panthers to their wild cat habitat. So um, that's the deal. Uh, if you're a Florida resident, you want to go to Gatorland. They have extended their half-off admission deal through the end of May. Daily admission is $16.50 and $11.50 for children ages 3 to 12. Proof of Florida residency is required for front gate purchases. And uh, that's all the news for today. As I mentioned at the beginning of the show, we're gone for the rest of the week. So we'll see you next Monday. And until then, I'm Tony. And I'm Cheryl. And you've been listening to the Disney Drive Time Podcast. <laughs>